Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The referee does blow for time. Real Madrid are back on top of La Liga and in the most improbable circumstances. And once again, the headlines are going to be written by Jude Bellingham. Two goals to make it 13 goals in 13 matches this season. And Real, from, well, the depths of despair, really, at half-time, have rescued the game and won it with a stoppage-time goal from the Englishman who is absolutely taking Spain by storm. Goodness gracious me, what an ending to the game. Barcelona, of course, in the ascendancy throughout much of the tie, but then Jude Bellingham steps up, not once, but twice, as the Englishman's dream start to his career at Real Madrid just continues. We use words like fairy tale, honeymoon, Craig. You can write this stuff. Well, I was going to use a word like quiet <laughs> yes. until he scored because he, he had, uh, Gabby in particular, had denied him the space and one moment of sheer brilliance with the strike that Ter Stegen almost got to, but, but then to do what he did at the end, and he's been doing that all year, been in the right place at the right time for the winner of the deflection from Luka Modric, not picked up by Oriol Romeo, who's off the bench, didn't follow the runner. It's, yeah. Well, we asked before the game done, can, can he keep this up? Yeah. And at the moment, the answer is yes. Yeah, but it's just silly, Alan. <laughs> yes, it is silly, Dan. It is silly. And yet, I, I suppose at this point, we should not be surprised anymore. And while he had been really quiet and hadn't quite participated in the game, you can say that not only about Jude Bellingham, but really the rest of Real Madrid. In a moment, he changes everything. He changes everything for his team, for himself, for Barcelona as well. How Barcelona got conservative. They were trying to protect. They gave the initiative to Real Madrid and Jude Bellingham the one time that Gabi's away from him because Gabi is actually deflecting the ball or trying to clear the ball at the top of the 18-yard box. It does come out to Jude Bellingham. He hits that shot and the momentum shifted. The momentum changed. And when we talk about big moments for a player that elevate their profile, this is it for Jude Bellingham. He <laughs> continues to elevate his profile to an entirely, completely different level. He is right now the best player in the world. You could feel it watching it, can you? How that moment just changed the whole atmosphere within this stadium as well. And I think also the substitutions for uh, Real Madrid really changed the tempo. The fact that Barcelona got a little deeper, I think the introduction particularly of Luka Modric, just when uh, Real Madrid were having the upper hand, to just control the tempo of the game and the fluency in his passing and going from one side to the other. And that was the difference. They bring on Oriol Romeo, yeah. and Real Madrid bring on Luka yeah. Modric. It's a huge difference in, in quality. And you just felt that Barcelona were starting uh, to panic, but yeah, Bellingham's this first strike that we're just about to see here. Now, there is a minuscule question about the goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, I know the boys talked about it in commentary. On that angle, Ali, it doesn't look as if he's got any chance, but on this one, he's so, he hits it so hard, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, I, I believe it's a late movement. His ball started yeah. drifting away from Ter Stegen. He's got his hands up and then he's he drifts it, away. Yeah. And at that point, he's lost the flight of it and can't quite react on time. Now, seconds before this, he had made a save on a shot by Chuameni at a sort of similar height. But I think the difference between the shot by Chuameni and what we saw from Bellingham is the pace behind it. And it, it, this, we've seen this so many times, Craig, this season already. Well, Ori, uh, Romeo doesn't go with the runner. Hoslu takes uh, Martinez away, uh, or Christensen, one of them. And they just don't pick him up, right? And you cut, look, look at him running into that space. You've got a centre-half attracted to the ball. You've got a midfielder who's on to do this, Oro Romeo. He's on to sit in front of that back four and track runners. You cannot not track or block 
Jude Bellingham. And yeah, does he try and put it through Ter Stegen's legs? Probably not. He's just trying to knock it down and get it on target. But I keep saying it, it's not luck. You right. make those runs, you time those runs, you get into the right areas, you don't panic. He keeps doing it, and he keeps getting his reward. Because yeah. that's what people say, Ali. Mm. Oh, once again, he just happens to be there. Yeah. The ball just happens to fall to his feet. Uh, it falls to his feet because he's there, because he's made the run, because he created that separation with Oriol Romeo. And to the point that Craig was making, Romeo indeed was brought up or brought in to protect that back line. However, if you go back to the midweek and the goal by Shakhtar against Barcelona... It is a midfield running away from Oriol Romeo. And if there was one player, one player, I give you one player, Dan, you don't have to pick more than one. Okay. That you want to track his run inside the 18-yard box coming out of the midfield, it would be what? It would be Jude Bellingham. And yet Romeo just kind of watches him run by. It's optional defending from Romeo, but give credit to Jude Bellingham in understanding this is a moment in which I can be dangerous. They get a little fortunate with the miscontrol by Luka Modric, but... You make your own fortune in regards to Jude Bellingham being there for the tap in 2-1. Hosselu appeals to the... Looking at that again, Hosselu appeals to the back post. Mm. That takes Christensen away. Now you've got a runner from midfield and you've got... Well, you've got two runners from midfield. Look yeah. at Modric, who has the deflection, and Jude Bellingham. Yeah, let's show, let's show the second Martinez, goal. you watch it. Martinez goes to Modric. He gets, watch this. Watch Hosselu. He goes to the back post, takes Christensen away. Martinez has to keep an eye on... Luka Modric, because if he gets that ball under control, he has to be able to affect that. That means he couldn't fully uh, give his attention to Jude Bellingham. Because you see, there's two Real Madrid players. Two Real Madrid players, one defender and a midfielder who hasn't tracked a run. You've only got to do it once in a game, and that was it. Only once they didn't track Jude Bellingham into the box, and they paid the ultimate price for that. Are we not giving Luka Modric enough credit for that assist? Ah, okay. <laughs> well, right. you know, in today's game, he'll get an assist yeah. for that. But, you know, those, where did this game change? That the, goal, that opening the, This goal, game was so one-sided at halftime. Barca was slacking, total control, Real Madrid, sixes and sevens, couldn't pass the ball, couldn't create a chance, really. Uh, were sloppy, didn't pick up any second balls. But they were quicker to the second balls, they got higher up the pitch, they made the substitutions at the right time, they started getting control in the middle of the park, and that allowed Bellingham to start making some runs in behind. We saw Carvajal getting forward as well, mm -hmm. much more than we did in the first half. And that right-hand side where that winning goal came from was a big out ball for them in the second half. Modric switching the play, Carvajal getting forward, balls into the box, that was the difference. And none of the substitutes that Xavi made made any impact. Like Lewandowski, Rafinha, you look at those who came on. We mentioned Romeo as well. Well, it's, I think beyond the player personnel that you put on the field, it's the attitude of Barcelona changed in the match. They were in full control in the first half with intensity, with energy. They were proactive in the game. In the second half, as the game went on, it felt like Barcelona just kind of took a step back. And now... While they were pressing higher up the field, they were regaining possession higher up the field. It felt like they were on the front foot. It felt like they were dictating the pace of the game. But if you allow Real Madrid, even a Real Madrid team that didn't have a lot of intensity, didn't have a lot of energy in the first half, you allow them time and space as they did in the second half, Real Madrid is going to take that time and space. They are going to take that extra 10, 15 yards. And by doing that, you start getting a little bit more comfortable. And now you have the rotation of players in the front, in the front third for Real Madrid. Now you have players that are getting involved that were not getting involved before. They grow in confidence. But up until that point, it had been long-distance shots. Mm -hmm. It had been sort of half chances. And Jude Bellingham did something special. And that dramatically changed everything for Real Madrid. And it then felt like, well, if anybody's going to win this game, it is Real Madrid. And it didn't feel like that. It didn't look like that for long periods of time. That's when, when you have a game changer and somebody that can impact the game, and he did so in the manner in which he did, Jude Bellingham, then Barcelona had no reaction. There was no response. It was all Real Madrid for the last 10 minutes or so. They'll go on to win it, and they would feel fortunate that they did so, given what the first 60, 65 minutes of the game were. But regardless, when it comes to winning time, Real Madrid did the job. Barcelona, not so much. Whatever they're paying Jude Bellingham, and it was, a, what was it, 100 million transfer? Yeah, 100 million So transfer, I would imagine yeah. he's on pretty big bucks at Real Madrid. I'm guessing he's maybe not the highest earner. Not necessarily. Not no. necessarily. Yeah. Uh, but 
I got a funny feeling his agent might be on a flight from somewhere, just floating around the Bernabeu in Florentino Perez's office saying, do we want to rip that one up and maybe give him a bit more money and a bit longer? Because we talked about it before the game. Three goals uh, between Rodrigo and Vinicius Junior in the league. And th- these goals have all been big goals, big important goals, goals yeah. match-winning goals. It's not yeah. like you just add into yeah. tally when they're yeah. four or five nil up. Yeah. Yeah, well, we saw Harry Kane get a hat-trick today for uh, Bayern Munich in an 8-0 victory. Yes. You know, it's not, it's not quite all that. So it was against Darmstadt, but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, I, I don't know. We, we can go back and look at all the great strikers that have signed for Real Madrid and we can look at the numbers. But to put, and, and I would imagine they're not even close to this, and we're talking about a midfield guy. I mean, I saw him, I saw him give the ball away during that second half, 20 yards outside his own box, and he bust the gut to get back and try and defend it and make up for his mistakes. So it's not just the goals. If you think it's just the goals, you'd be wrong. It's about everything else he does in the game. Now, in today's game, him, Vinny Jr., Rodrigo, a lot of them are actually marshaled very well. Mm for most of the game. But it's only a couple of moments of lapses of concentration or magic, whatever way you want to look at it, has been the difference today in that second half. Uh, let's welcome in our match commentary team, Stephen Manham and Ian Dark are with us. Uh, Ian, it, like, if, you, if you're not a Barcelona fan, it's impossible not to smile when you just see this story unfold with Bellingham throughout this final 20 minutes. Well, he should buy a lottery ticket, shouldn't he, tonight? Because everything is, is falling his way. But... When you score the kind of goal he came up with the first one to turn the game around, you start to think anything is possible. And, of course, it was he who was there in the right place in the closing seconds to win it as well. I mean, there are Barcelona fans sitting around us here. They still haven't left their seats. They're just sitting there shell-shocked at the way that story unfolded. I mean, it's great for football. I do feel for Barcelona because they played pretty well for so long, but they did rather start to sit on the lead, didn't they? They invited trouble almost. Yes, and they started to drop back to protect what they had, which was a um, a goal lead, of course. And you expected Real Madrid to step it up in the second half. They had to because they were awful in the first half. So anything was an improvement. I agree with what the boys were saying. The substitutes all made an impact. They ran forward. And it's no, um, it's no, no fluke or no bit of luck when Jude Bellingham, is, is, as, as Craig said, is busting a gut to get into the penalty area in the 90th minute, trying and hoping that the ball will fall to him. And, um, you know... You know, I said, he, I said he was blessed before he had a tap in the Champions League a few weeks ago to get a 1-0 victory, and he's got two in the Classico today. I mean, this, the stories just revolve around him, and, you know, as you said, as you just rightly said, Dan, you have a smile on your face, because these, these really good, um, good stories for us, it, long may they continue, it's a wonderful... Um, Wonderful day for him in the end after a poor start, really, by Real Madrid. And and you wonder too, don't you? You, you look at Luka Modric. He's 38 Brilliant. years of age. You you saw there why they still want to keep him around. Absolutely. He might not start now on 38-year-old legs, but he comes on and things change, really, from the moment he came on the pitch, didn't this they? This calmness he has, the ability to drop a shoulder and turn out, never loses the ball, is... His, his, his choice of pass is always there. Forget how old he is. If he's having a bad game after bad game after bad game, you've got a problem. But every time he comes on, it's an addition to the team. You know, he came on and really made that midfield stand up and move forward and started to dictate how they play. And he's an absolute superstar. Forget the number. Absolutely forget the number. See what he does on a football pitch. And if he can still do it, he plays. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big blow, isn't it, to Barcelona? They're now four points behind. Yeah. Real. Yes, it was a big blow today because they were well on top early and they threw it away just by being too cautious, really, and um, not tracking runners and just falling asleep at the end of the game. You have to, you know, you have to think Madrid have gone to, away to Barca, away to Atletico, away to Girona, away to Sevilla. You know, they've had all the away games. So actually, Madrid have put themselves in prime position so early on in the season, I know that, but they've put themselves in a really good place. Yeah, final word, really, Dan, is Real Madrid so far, you know, have only played four home games and seven away. So when the stagger unwinds, they might be even further clear. Just a, just a word with Mac. And Mac, you've been there. You, of course, moved from Liverpool to Real Madrid. You know what it's like to kind of make that jump from a big club to a huge club. How impressive is it to see what Jude Bellingham is doing at 20 years old? I mean, I don't think words can describe it, Dan. I mean, what he's done is 
you know, absolutely outstanding. I think Alice said before he's the best player in the world at the moment. You know, 13 in 13 games when you come here. Yes. How many times do we say, listen, let people adapt, let, let people adapt into a new lifestyle, learn, learn the language, you know, learn how to communicate with, with your teammates. But he seems to have taken it all so easily. Yes, he's a confident boy, but he also comes across as very humble, very likable. And, you know, as I said on numerous occasions, I still speak to a lot of the, the, the staff at Real Madrid and, you know, I was speaking to the CEO before the game. And they're so effusive about, about how he handles himself. And, um, you know, as I said, it's, it's just a brilliant, brilliant story. It doesn't matter. I mean, listen, it, it means more to us, of course, because he's an Englishman. But if it was some other nationality, when you learn how nice a person is and how well they're doing in such a short space of time, it's really heartwarming to see. And as I said before, long may it continue. It's a really good news story, isn't it? He's, I think, you know, he's absolutely super confident in his own ability, but but not anywhere near arrogant. Right. There's a big difference, you know, with confidence and arrogance, people can have a bit of both. He's absolutely believes he should be where he is, and that's crystal clear, but at no point does he come across as arrogant, as, um, you know, you know, other people need to do my, my, my legwork, you know, I just pop up and score the goals. What was more impressive when you look at it time and time again at his first goal was it wasn't he was able to get the ball out of his feet and give himself five or six yards of a run-up. It was literally he was going back towards his own goal, so he had little backlift in the strike. So to generate, not just the, the accuracy, but to generate that power, and it was an unbelievable strike, from so little run-up and backlift yeah. was quite incredible. And then looking at the second goal again, which I'm fixated by, but it just sums Barcelona up in this, the second half. There was three players, three Barcelona players went to Danny Carvajal for the cross, and not one of them got close to closing down. Baldi, Lamine Yamal, and Gavi all got dragged over there, and that just left too much space for Luka Modric and the man himself. Uh, let's get more now, shall we? Reaction from what we saw as uh, Luis Garcia's with Sid Lowe's just finished his uh, match report. I said that everyone was smiling but Barcelona fans. Maybe not you as well, Sid, when Jude Bellingham scores in injury time. Tear it up and start again. Tear it up and start again. <laughs> uh, Sid's oh. never sounded so good, no. oh, to be Sid, fair. Sid. <laughs> Get that mic fixed, Sid. Bars would be gutted, wouldn't they? Absolutely they will. Oh. Absolutely they will. They played so very well in the first 45 minutes. They hit the post. They're creating the chances. They have Real Madrid pinned back. They have Real Madrid losing ball in bad areas. It all feels like it's all Barcelona all the time. And uh, as I said before, they're dictating how the game is going to be played. And the whole Joao Cancelo, Ronald Araujo experiment is working quite well. And Joao Cancelo is active down the right-hand side. And Fermin Lopez, no pressure on him apparently because he's playing well, because he's finding passes. So everything was going in the direction of... Barcelona, but you didn't put them away. Yeah. You didn't put Real Madrid away. And much more so than anything else is the fact that when we talk about the experience or lack thereof for some of these Barcelona players, we saw it in full display today. When it got to the point to where you needed to go win the game, Barcelona went and tried to protect the game. They took a step back. That's always dangerous with Absolutely. Real Madrid. Real Madrid don't need any invitation. They don't need the help. Right? But when you allow them to take that step forward, and now they're finding more space and more time, and then the, the ideas begin, begin to flow, and you make some changes, and you change the look of the team and the energy of the team, now they feel like, okay, here we go, we're in it. We weren't in it before, but we're in it now. Barcelona allowed that to happen. I don't think Real Madrid at that point were, were confident enough to actually take the game to Barcelona. Barcelona took that step back, and Real Madrid said, okay, fine, well, we'll take the game into the final third. We'll now have possession of the ball. Long periods of possession of the ball. We'll make you defend, and Barcelona got deeper, 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 and deeper. And then eventually, Bellingham took over. Can I, can I be a glass half full kind of guy with oh, Barcelona? Oh, just please, can do just that. Check his temperature? Yes, what is wrong <laughs> yeah. with you? Well, you know, I think whilst there'll be a, a undeniable disappointment in the Barcelona dressing room, I think Xavi's, I think certainly some of the words will be, if we don't learn from this, then we'll never learn. We don't learn from how to see a game out, how to defend properly, how to keep a shape. We'll never learn. But, but, but one thing of note, he knows his youngsters can play and play well in a classical. 
Mm. Now, playing well in a classical or a big game, a huge game, and seeing it out under pressure are two different things. But he learned that Fermin Lopez and Gavi's played in classicals before, but he's learned these younger players can come in and not look out of place in the biggest game on the planet. What they have to learn, and I know Fermin Lopez was off when it started to get dishevelled, is how you see a game out. And that's the difference between this Barcelona side and this Real Madrid side, who are much more experienced. But yeah, I think it'll be huge disappointment in terms of the second half, but knowing that the youngsters can actually handle the pressure, I think it's one small crumb of comfort. It's, it's not a death blow for Barcelona. It's not like they're out of this, right? But what it is, is that you haven't really proven to yourself that you can close out a match against Real right. Madrid in a moment in which you were in full control. And, and that hurts, and that carries some weight. But what we have seen from La Liga so far this season is that both of these teams, they got their vulnerabilities, they got their frailties. And lost in all the shuffle, we're not even going to talk about Girona, they're lost in the shuffle, but Atletico Madrid as well, yeah. who, with a game in hand, they could potentially be tying Real Madrid as well at the top of La Liga. So it, there are enough vulnerabilities for all the teams that are involved here for Barcelona to say, you know what, we just need to get hot. We just need to go back to defending well the, in the manner in which we did last season. And we can, we can add the goals that we have now found this year that weren't there last year. We do that, we put some pressure on Real Madrid, we'll be there in the end. It's not a death blow, but it's going to hurt for a while. Uh, let's take you through the highlights then. Uh, Barcelona, there were a few question marks over the signing 11. Going into the tie, Xavi having to have Lewandowski and Rafinha both on the bench. Uh, Real Madrid, meanwhile, coming into the match as slight favourites, but it would be Barca who would open the scoring early on. Alaba with a poor challenge here, and Goodwin makes the most of it. He goes with his left foot, is what he feels most comfortable with. I think he should be sliding with his right leg and then hooks this ball out of bounds or clears it, clears the danger, doesn't do enough with it. It allows then Gundogan to get on the rebound and Gundogan settles himself down, finds the finish, 1-0. Very re little reaction really from Real Madrid as it continued to be Barcelona who dominates. Gabi with a challenge here on Cruz and Firmin Lopez goes near post and hits it. Yeah, he probably should have went the other way but it was what Barcelona did well all first half is they, they got to the second balls, they made challenges, they didn't allow Real Madrid any time on the ball. And in hindsight, when he looks back at this, he'll probably wish he went to the goalkeeper's other side. Uh, Vinicius Jr. was a frustrated figure throughout the game, far from one of his best matches for Real Madrid. Him and Xavi here, and a little tete-a-tete as Vinny Faye was fouled. You can see Xavi saying that was just a shoulder, nothing to worry about, nothing there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then here, Barca could have had a penalty here, yeah? Um, could have and potentially should have a penalty. Chuameni has his arm all around the neck and shoulder area of Ronald Araujo and doesn't allow him to jump. Uh, in my estimation, if this happens in the middle midfield, it would have been a foul, but apparently not inside the box. Uh, this was definitely a foul from Ferran Torres on uh, Vinny Jr. Well, the Rugby World Cup's later today. Yeah, so exactly. We'll, uh, the final later. He's, he's maybe going to get in the, one of the teams there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not a red card. It's a yellow, it, but it's incredibly cynical. Incredibly uh, cynical for sure. Uh, so that would take us into the break, into the second half we'd go. Uh, Vinicius Jr. Yeah, it's actually Rodrigo who gets in behind and should be looking for Vinny Jr. on the far post who was wide open, run around when not striking his run. Rodrigo doesn't find him. And uh, then meanwhile at the other end, uh, once again, Barca looking to double the advantage. Yep. Martinez there denied by the post and a good save from Kepa to stop Araujo. Yeah, nice ball in from Fermin Lopez. Uh, Kepa's beaten there the first time around. Now he's got to just make sure he protects that near post and stays big, and he does just that. So Real Madrid offered so little. Just at this time in the game, they were starting to get into it a little bit more, though. Too many here with a shot. Right, and... Just wait for it. This one, he got it. Ter Sagan's got it. That's right. No problem. I can die from there. But then Jude Bellingham says, well, how about you can handle this one? Let me see if you can handle this one. It is just too much power behind it. Ter Sagan is seeing it, I think, all the way. But the late drift on this ball, the late movement is what gets him. He ends up diving past the ball. What a hit. What a strike. What technique. What a player. Uh, so that'd be 1-1. And thinking through from that goal, there weren't too many open chances for either side. But then into the 92nd minute we go. Carvajal with the ball in. Modric, Bellingham, game done. Yeah, just too many runners and not enough 
Bass of players picking up, really, and an easy ball in from Carvajal. Lucky deflection, it has to be said, that puts it into the path of the, the last player that they'd want it to fall to, and Jude Bellingham, who continues this incredible goal-scoring start to his Real Madrid career. Nothing Ter Stegen can, can do as it goes through his legs. And if you'd written the script, that was probably going to be it with Jude Bellingham, but, you know, Bassa paid the ultimate price there for not picking up. Uh, yes, indeed. Real Madrid then winning by two goals to one. As we mentioned, that puts them top of the table. Girona winning yesterday. Uh, they are level on points with the surprise package of La Liga so far. Just a reminder, in La Liga, this result even more significant because it's not goal difference that separate the two sides, but it's head-to-head. -head. So as it stands, Real Madrid have that advantage over Barcelona as well as four points. Real Madrid favourites now? To go all the way, we're 11 matches in. Well, I mean, you're, you're out in front in the race, so it's, a, it's never a bad place to be. I think from Bass's point of view, youngsters have done great. Experienced learning curve for them today. Lewandowski's fit again, needs games. Rafinha's fit again. That's the big boys back in terms of the front line to link up with probably Joe Felix again, so they're going to get stronger. And I think Real Madrid will have to get better. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say it. It can't keep relying. <laughs> There's no way this can go through a whole Hell. season. There's no way. So, so somebody, yeah. I mean, Vinny Jr. today, Vinicius Jr., even when he got taken off, it was, the, the, it was arguing with the referee's assistant. Yeah. His head was not in the game. No. These guys need to get their head yeah. in the game just in case, mm. just in case, Mr. Bellingham takes a dip in form. Uh, let's get some uh, reaction now as we go back to pitch side. Sid and Luis Garcia are joined by Xavi. Xavi, listening to the guys in the studio and they're talking about a classico in which Barcelona played really, really well, dominated most of the game and in the end didn't win it. How, how do you explain that as a manager? Well, fully agree. Fully agree with them because I think we control the game. We dominate, we dominate uh, 60, 65 minutes really well. Uh, what we we uh, prepare and what we uh, thought before the game, uh, it was perfect. We control everything, but uh, you know, Real Madrid is like that. When you don't score the second one, so maybe they, I think, create three chances and they score two, and we create five, six, very clear. And uh, this is football. This is football. So uh, I think it's it's not fair today the result, but uh, we need to to improve. Uh, keep going, of course. This is a long uh, trip, but uh, we need to to be more more effective in the in the game, especially in in the classical. Is, uh, I would have loved to, to ask you a different question because we enjoyed so much the first 45 minutes. I think they were one of the best 45 minutes we've seen so far. The Barcelona, it was perfect, no breaks at all. It was a structure in the second half to maybe sit down, wait a little bit, because we saw, the we saw the team a little bit deeper. It was that the, the instruction like, listen, hold on, let them come and then go ahead in the second, in, in, using the spaces. I think uh, they control the last 25, 20, 25 minutes. They control the game. This is, uh, you know, the Clásico and this is Real Madrid. They have uh, uh, the players uh, for controlling the game. And, and then we suffer, of course, but it was not our our uh, main, uh, our goal uh, the goal was uh, to control the game to dominate but this this is real madrid and in the moment that they dominate they they score two chances when we dominate 60 65 minutes and at the end of the game also we create uh, a bit chances so we we didn't score so i think this is the the briefing of the of the game today yeah definitely well uh, all the best fantastic first 45 minutes and yeah, thank you so much very good thank and you. keep going all the best a lot, lot to do thank you thank, thank you, you. Sorry. See you uh, let, let's go back to Montreal, Ian and Macca there. Macca, what's it like when you're on the losing end of this sort of match from Barcelona? How much can you look at it as Xavi did and go, well, look, this is football. We were beaten by a brilliant piece of quality and then just a little bit of a mistake at the end. Well, I think, I think it's easy to decipher today's game. Dan, to be very honest, they were dominant, as, as everybody's been saying, for the first 60, 65 minutes. They had a great chance, didn't they? Hit the post and Kepa made a good save to go 2-0 up. If that goes in the back of the net, then the game's over and done with. But the fact is, after that, with the little bit of inexperience, they did just start to drop and drop and drop. And then you expect Madrid, particularly with their substitutions, to finally get some foothold in the game and start moving forward and start running forwards, which they did. And you can analyse it quite clearly. And I think Xavi knows that, you know, 
know, they weren't at their strongest today. When I looked at the two teams, I thought Madrid were favourites to win the game. I thought Madrid would win the game because you look, they've got they've got many injuries. And once he knows that when all the big men are back for him, the experienced players, and he's got the youth of, of the kids to call upon now and again, he knows that the future's going to be bright for them. So um, they, just got, they just got outdone and they just fell asleep at the last 25 minutes of the game, which sometimes that happens with. And as long as they learn from it, as Craig rightly said, as long as they go out and learn, you know, five players today, it was, the first, it was their first El Clasico. So as long as they learn from this, know what the experience is like, know what the atmosphere is like, know what the pressure is like of, a, of, of, a, of an El Clasico and know what the press reaction's going to be like tomorrow. They'll use that and hopefully the next time they play and the time after that they play, they'll make sure that this doesn't happen again. Ian, you've covered a number of Clasicos from the camp now. How much of a difference, if any, did the fact that it was at Montjuic today have? Uh, quite a bit, I think. It's a more antiseptic atmosphere. I think it's a bit more of an antiseptic atmosphere when it's an afternoon game, mm. not an evening game. It's better under the lights. It just feels that more dramatic and you get that more advantage for, for the home team. But you can't argue with how Xavi read that. That's exactly what the game was. They didn't cash in on their period of dominance enough. You had that Fermin Lopez shot that comes back off the post. If that goes in, you know, maybe a different story, but Real Madrid did call on the experience, particularly, I know I don't want to harp on about it, of Modric coming on and dictating things. Barca sitting back too much, inviting them on, and, you know, they get the payoff of a, of a couple of goals. Probably, I think, in the end, a draw would have been a fair result, but when has fairness had anything to do with it, really? Uh, Ian, what was it like when Bellingham scored that equaliser? Because we were saying, just watching here, you could feel like the, the atmosphere in the stadium, you could just completely change. Mm. Well, you could hear when the goal went in, Maka, who's very disciplined about these things, normally couldn't help exclaiming as that just <laughs> hit the back of the net. It was one of those where everybody, I think, in, in, in the ground thought, oh, my goodness me, we've just seen something extra special. I mean, that was travelling at the speed of light, I tell you. So, you know, some goal, some goal. I mean, it's a goal to fit to turn any game. Uh, Maka, unlike Classicos maybe in the past... You feel that there's still a lot of points to be dropped by any side that's in this title race. So maybe not as defining. If you're a Barcelona fan, you can certainly hang your hat on that. That you can't see Real Madrid now kicking on and running away with this title. Well, I think if you, if you go back a year, Dan, when, when Real Madrid beat Barcelona really easily, didn't they, at the Bernabeu, mm -hmm. you thought, wow, Real Madrid are going to run away with this league. And then they faltered again. I don't know whether it was just they just got a bit too big for the boots. They thought it was going to be easy. But in the end, Barcelona ran away with the title. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's a big pointer today about where they are. But, you know, as we've already mentioned, you can see the reasons why Barcelona uh, have been beaten today. And Xavi will... We'll sort that out. We'll put a stop to that. And once they get the experienced players back, the Frankie de Jong, the Lewandowskis, the Rafinhas, once they get the real experienced players back, they'll come again, won't they, Barcelona? But it was just a really good marker for Real Madrid to come here and get the right result. As I said, they've had a lot of difficult away games already. So they'll be thinking to themselves, you know, we're in the right place at the right time. Let's keep on going. But they have to address the fact that if anything happens to Jude Bellingham or he does stop scoring, who is going to step up to the mark? Because Vinicius, Rodrigo, Hosselu, when he came on today, mm. looked, you know, looked miles off the pace today. So um, they're going to need people to stand up when, when you know, Jude stops scoring. Vinicius is a bit of a worry, isn't yeah. he? To be honest, I mean, his, it was weird, really, what mm. happened in the first half when he was talking to the coaches, mm. talking to the referee, almost opted out of the game, game yeah. at times. And I don't know, I think there's going to be probably, you won't read about it because it'll happen behind closed doors. Ancelotti's too clever. But there'll be a good heart-to-heart, -heart, I think, don't you? Between yes. coach and player about this. Yes, because this this game is too important for you to switch off mm. and, and not, you know, not help the team. And, um, you know, they're reliant on one person at this moment in time and that can't carry on. If you're a team that you want to be successful and you want to win trophies and you want to go far in Europe, mm. everybody has to chip in at some some stage. So you can't have any passengers and that's what Vinicius was for a large band, Rodrigo. He's, missing, he's missing Benzema, isn't he? Oh, well, that no, chemistry I those mean, two have. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And they're going to have to address that, whether they can address it in January or whether they're going to have to wait to the end of the season. But I think that's what will come back to hurt Madrid in the end, that they haven't sorted out that position up front.
Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Let's go over your shoulder now, shall we? Uh, to Luis and Sid. Sid, I want to I start with you because you've been there, what, 23 years covering Real Madrid. You think of the big names, likes of Zinedine Zidane, Cristiano Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, David Beckham, Steve McManaman, uh, have all kind of have come in. Have any of them, have any of them made this impact that Jude Bellingham has? No. It's quite difficult for me to not just start swearing at this point and cursing <laughs> and just saying this is absolutely unbelievable. It is ridiculous what Jude Bellingham is doing. It's ridiculously cartoonish. It doesn't it doesn't feel plausible what's happening. You're talking about your first ever Classico and you pull a shot like that out and then you get a goal in the 92nd minute in a Classico when it actually isn't going particularly well to put your team back on the top of the table, to take you to 10 league goals over after only 10 games when you're not even a forward. And you can do this as well, Danny. You just named some names there. But over the first three or four weeks of the, well, what is it now, six, seven weeks of the season, we've had, we've had all sorts of comparisons. Jude Bellingham's a bit like Raul. He's a bit like uh, Zidane. He's a bit like Maradona when he scored that goal in Napoli. And he actually came out himself and said, well, that's a bit much. I'm starting to think it's not a bit much, certainly in terms of the start. Now, obviously, as Craig was talking about earlier, at some point there will be a climb down. In fact, Ancelotti talked about this a few weeks ago. He said, look, I've seen players make an impact, but never seen anyone make an impact as much as this. But the experience in the game tells us all that this will slow down, that he won't always score goals. But, of course, we've seen good performances, and I think we've seen a maturity and an intelligence and a personality that means when he stops scoring goals, it's not like he'll suddenly be pointless. He'll still be a really, really good player. He just might not be scoring every single, or apparently every single game. Yeah, exactly. For me, I think that is his presence. When he's on the field, he, he, you know that something can change, something can happen. Because it's true that we haven't seen him much in the first 45 uh -huh. minutes, nor in the second half. A right, just battling there with Gabi. I think it was a fantastic battle from the two of them playing in the middle of the park. Just once, once I got the ball, decided to, I'm going to try my luck from here. I cannot get into the box uh, quite easily because there is a lot of players there. And he put the ball right when far away from Ter Stegen. I think it was impressive once again. And we, we are getting short of, uh, of uh, we don't have any more words or RGX yeah. uh, to talk about him. But definitely it's really impressive to see him on the field. That um, confidence that he shows around to, to the rest of the players because everyone Every, and I'm saying everyone is looking at him. The opponents, because they know how uh, important, how dangerous he is. And the teammates, because they know that when the Real Madrid struggles, ball to him. How are you, Luis, in general? <laughs> coping? He's just coping. <laughs> not good. Not good, not good, Dan. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> You're not hiding it particularly well either, yes. to be honest. <laughs> uh, what was your reaction when, when not, Bellingham's... Listen, uh, uh, I... Gone. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to look to the game. There was a replay. I didn't want even want to look at, at replay. But I, I, I have to. I have to because it was a, a fantastic goal. Was and the first one and also the second one. But to be honest, the, the worst part is because I, I know Xavi and I was. I saw him after the game walking. I know his reaction. I know he's struggling so much because he's frustrated. I think we've seen fantastic 45 minutes from uh, Barcelona side and we were expecting something in the second half. We asked him about you know the, uh, those 25 minutes in the second one and. I think that he didn't know what was happening. I think he got a little bit late, the changes to try to change the pace. You guys were breaking down fantastic the second half. That lack of intensity in the middle of the park, the pressure that they, they, we saw Barcelona in the first 45, it was in, in, in the second one, and then Real Madrid, I believe in, and you cannot give that to Real Madrid. So, yeah, I was sad to, to see him in the face and his frustration because he was saying, it's unbelievable, the ball goes to him. It just appeared there and the ball goes to him. And that's what we feel a little bit. Uh, he scored four or five goals just to be right in the, in the right spot at the right time. And, well, Jubilee has got a lot of things. That's one of them. Uh, Sid, uh, Ian brought it up, and I just wanted to get your point of view on it because, obviously, you're a pitch side. What's going on with Vinicius Jr.? <laughs> yeah, um, well, I think what's going on today, and, and, and funny enough, this is partly applicable to Bellingham, for, certainly for the first hour, is that it was a frustrating day for him. So you have, I thought you had a brilliant performance from Gavi on Bellingham today. Gavi probably the better of the two for the, mm -hmm. for the first hour or so. And I think what we saw was a pretty good performance with Araujo on, on Vinicius as well, able to, to, to kind of keep him more or less under control. It's true that Vinicius escaped a couple of times, and when he did, it wasn't quite able to come off. And the other thing that was really noticeable, I, I don't know if this was quite as clear watching it on telly as it, as it was here, was that Vinicius 
was either looking for or felt that he deserved free kicks that he didn't get. Mm. And the more that those accumulated, you're seeing some of them now on the screen, the more that those accumulated, the more you kind of became aware that he was going to kind of get increasingly frustrated and have words. Now, obviously, partly, I think as well, to be perfectly honest, partly is you've got Xavi on the touchline having a word. So when there's, there's a couple of confrontations there, they speak to each other. Vinicius, I don't think, got completely pushed out the game, but it was a frustrating afternoon. So I think that's what happened to him. But then you say, Dan, what's happening to him? We see this from Vinicius quite a lot, don't we? Even in his good games, he has confrontations. He, he, he stands up to people. He has a word with the referee. He has a word with opposition managers. Sometimes you wonder if actually he kind of needs that. He feeds off it a little bit. And then, of course, you've got this moment. And it was interesting, actually, thinking about this moment and, and thinking back to the Copa del Rey final where Gareth Bale scored that goal where he ran <laughs> off the pitch. And you think, if Mark Barthra had done this to Gareth Bale, Real Madrid wouldn't have won that Copa del Rey. So I think Vinicius in that moment, despite the frustration, knew that actually Ferran Torres doing the rugby tackle had done the right thing. So he kind of accepted that better than he accepted some of the other ones. Yeah, definitely. He hit uh, with the knee, I think, on the head of uh, Ferran Torres. And he was saying sorry, yeah, wasn't exactly, he? Exactly, was saying yeah. sorry. I think that he doesn't handle very well the, the frustration and not being on the spotlight. I think he, he knows that he's not delivering what everyone is expecting. Today, he wasn't involved in much more of the creation or, or, or even having chances. He's not dealing uh, right with them. And the way of getting that uh, attention is by trying to complain. We saw him when he was going out, looking at the, at the, at the stadium. After when they finished the, 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 the game, he was also doing like this to the supporters of Real Madrid. I'm not saying that. So I think it's, it's work to be done there. He's a young player and I think there is something to, to continue developing there. But definitely when he's on the, on the right uh, set of man, he's one of the most dangerous, if not one of the best players in the world. But when he's out of focus, I think he struggles so much. Yeah, he... Uh... Don't forget, for the last couple of years, we've talked a lot, everybody's talked a lot about, in particular, Vinicius Jr. and, and Benzema. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The great play, the partnerships, the link-up. And Luis is right, and I think that's where some of the frustration is coming, that, that we're only... The whole world is only talking about one Real Madrid player, really, mm. uh, Jude Bellingham. It has been so inspirational, and I think there is a frustration there for... I, I'm not saying he doesn't want Bellingham to do well, that would be crazy because you would want your team to win. But I think when you go from being almost a guy some they talk about every week to, to somebody who's on the periphery as he is, and he's mentioned about the position he's playing and the change of systems and all that. And so I think there is a frustration there. However, and Sid mentioned it, it's, it's far from the first time I've seen it, but what we saw today in the first half was a way over the top in terms of not having your head in the game. I mean, literally having the ball taken off you in the halfway line, just stopping basically just stopping yeah. and allowing a, a, an attack to go forward, almost trying to re-referee or have a second referee in the game and be that referee. But I, I agree that Ancelotti, if we have one manager mm. that can deal behind the scenes and talk a guy down and talk sense into him, it is this manager. But I get a feeling he does need to have that discussion with this individual well, player. Well, Ancelotti literally was... He was holding his well, hand. He was holding Vinicius' hand to... Hey, Let's come on. Come off the field. Let's go. Go sit down. Hey, hey, go sit down. Right. Uh, while we say that Vinny Jr. is a young player, and I suppose he still is, he's got plenty of experience now. So the youth part of it, I no longer think is a valid excuse here. It, it is one where he has to have a change of mindset and attitude. And while I agree that he does need some of this negativity, that, that he sort of thrives in this sort of environment, what he should be using that is for the sort of motivation that he requires in 1v1 situations where, is, where he is one of the best players in the world. Now, he may, and to your point, Craig, yeah, he may be thinking about, well, you know, it was supposed to be the transition of Benzema. Once he, he was gone, I'm going to be the guy. Apparently, I'm not the guy because Bellingham is scoring. Instead of looking at that from that sort of perspective, look at it from the perspective of if everybody's paying attention to Jude Bellingham, if they're paying attention to his runs, that means they're not paying attention to me, which then means I'm going to have more time and space to operate in 1v1 situations which I just told you, Dan, he's one of the best in the world in doing that. So, Vinny, just play the game, man. Mm. Play the game. When you play the game, you're one of the best players in the world. When you are arguing with the fourth official and the referee and the assistant and the manager and this guy and that guy and that guy and the fans, you're no longer impacting the game in the way that you should. You play the game, you're one of the best. When you're doing this nonsense, you take yourself out of the game. Allow me to be even more boring than normal. All right. 
I think, I think did wow, some. Wow, that's a bar. Well, that's you know, quite I'm a bar. bit like Real Madrid's first half performance. <laughs> it's not a hell, it's, it's a low bar. The Modric, the substitutions were great, particularly Luka Modric, but I, I do feel the, the Camavinga change was yeah. big. Yeah, he was excellent. Big, yeah. He was excellent. And, and the worrying thing is for Real Madrid that he's better than the two left backs they've got. But, and it's not even close. He's better than Mendy, yep. who'd started, yep. and he's definitely better than Fran Garcia. And when he came on, not only did he have a bit of aggression defensively, he drove forward with the ball. Mm. So they had a bit of options on both sides of the field. They were able to stretch the game on both sides. Danny Carvajal, Camavinga. And that got them sort of on the front foot. And it's now not very often we'll talk about a left back or a change at left back. But that, that was also uh, quite big for Real Madrid in terms of having something extra down that side that they had absolutely nothing with hmm. in the first 45. You've been much more boring in the past. That wasn't bad. I can be, I can be really boring. Um, again, uh, I just want to go back to Luis. Obviously, this at a different venue than normal. How much did that affect things? I thought particularly when Bellingham scored, everything just went so quiet then. Yes, of course. Uh, first of all, uh, we were talking about this half of the supporters of Barcelona here at the stadium. They are far away from the from the pitch. A distance between uh, the the first line of, of supporters and and the line of, of the pitch is very far away, like the the normal one. And that really affects because in the moments of struggle that we saw Barcelona in those last 25, 30 minutes, if you got your crowd next to you, if you feel the crowd that is pushing you, is singing to you, and and is trying to cheer you up you kind of react and that noise wasn't there. The, the feeling was totally different. Actually, when quiet uh, even before, we didn't hear any sound, just the control and some whistlings because Real Madrid was dominated, was controlling the game. And again, that affects the players because the rhythm that we saw in the first 45 minutes, that intensity, it wasn't there in the second half. So yeah, uh, this uh, stadium still needs to, to improve if they want to get it and become uh, stronger for the opening. Uh, if your day wasn't bad enough, Luis, let's show you getting sprayed by water, shall we? Just to top things off nicely, this was, uh, I think this was uh, in the pre-match, there it is. Look at that under the table. Where's that little umbrella? Yeah. There? I know, this is rubbish umbrella. We should have known, oh, yeah. should have known then yeah, that they wasn't going to be good for Luis. Exactly, that was a sign. How many of... times do they have to put the pitch side desk where they put it? I don't know. Or do you think somebody does that in purpose? Oh, oh no, yeah. Oh, yes, She's wiping it with that $500 shirt that she bought. Oh, yes, of course. The, the Rolling Stones one. <laughs> oh, there we go. Right. People wiping a table. That's no, where we're at. Let me say something. Have you guys, have you guys seen the, 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 the replays of the uh, first Jude Bellingham goal? Have we been hypercritical if we even look at Ter Stegen? Luis hasn't watched the replay, Craig. Yeah, <laughs> no. no, no, I saw. Actually, yeah, I saw the replay, and I think for for a, a split of second, I think that um, Ter Stegen doesn't see the ball when Jude Bellingham started the, the shooting. It's true that he's uh, unstoppable. That's the first thing that I think is fantastic because no one was expecting him uh, to to get the shot from that distance. I think they were thinking that he was going to make another step, and I think there is someone in front of him that doesn't allow Ter Stegen to see the ball going from the first second, and that's small piece of, of time is the, the, the time that the Ter Stegen doesn't arrive. As you can see there, there is someone in front, Ter Stegen goes a little bit late in the hand. I think they touch the ball a little bit, but doesn't arrive to, to, to hit it to, and, and save it. So, yeah, I think that, that that's a brilliant goal. No, no, we cannot take any credit from Belinda. It's just a beautiful uh, piece of art. Do you, know what, do you know what really struck me about the goal? Is that it felt to me like he did it sort of lazily. <laughs> like, they don't want to run it, anymore. It, 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 mm. well, it, not so much that as the, 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 the backlift, he doesn't really have time for it. He doesn't really seem to be running at the ball to really batter it. It seems, it seems a, kind of a smooth movement. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. And I think the, to, to, to speak to whether or not Ter Stegen can react, is it, it seems to happen too quickly. Yeah, um, no one was expecting, I think, to, to get that shot. I think from frustration of saying that, because there was a, a cross first, he was clear again, and he was great in the ball. He wasn't being involved into the game. So I think he decided to say, listen, why not? I'm going to try from here. And, well, no one was shot. expecting that. It was what an unbelievable shot. Do you want to talk about the goal a bit more, Luis? <laughs> No, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Ed. Uh, Luis and Sid, much appreciate. Enjoy your evening now in Barcelona. Uh, meanwhile, let's get some reaction, shall we, from the Barcelona camp as Alexis caught up with Lewandowski after the game.
Lewi, I know this is a tough loss to take. Of course, it's El Clasico, and I know you weren't part of the full 90 minutes, but looking at it, where do you think it went wrong, especially after what probably was one of the best first halves we've seen um, the team play all season? I think that with the first half, we um, we created maybe one, two situations, we scored one goal, and uh, we had under control the game, but you, of course, it's not only 45 minutes the game, you have to play 90 minutes, and the second half, I think that Sometimes we were playing uh, too much deep and uh, to give um, too much space for, for Real Madrid and yeah, that um, for sure that we are not happy with their, with their result because we know that uh, we shouldn't um, maybe not even win but maybe to, 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 to win one point minimum but in the end we don't have any points so yeah, it's like um, uh, we are very sad but of course the season is very long, we have to go looking forward and trying uh, winning the next games. When you talk about a player like Jude Bellingham and his goals right there, I know you know him very well too and you probably saw exactly how special he was from times in Germany. Um, is it just hard to mark someone when they are just in this kind of form? Is it just something special that is impossible to stop at the moment? Yeah, of course. He's an amazing player. Uh, he also showed amazing performance. And now he's the moment that everything what he's doing, that uh, uh, every touch or like, you know, that the ball's coming exactly where he is. So, but you have to have the, uh, this, this, you know, the, the lucky, you know, if you, you, if, you, if you need luck, you have to help them. And yeah, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult uh, because sometimes you think that um, you have the game under control and maybe you can score on a goal, but then Real Madrid had like the a little bit chance of the score and the goal and they scoring the goal so yeah we're not so happy because of their game because of the result but um, yeah this is football we have to we have to looking forward and trying um, trying winning the next games and maybe we have less points uh, to, to Real Madrid and then finally of course now Real Madrid go top Girona are still there fighting I know you already have a La Liga title under your belt but with the four points behind now do you feel like it's a bigger setback considering how Real Madrid make it difficult or is there still plenty more Liga left no we have so many games of course that uh, it's only four points and the, the season is very long and uh, uh, if we we have to learn from this uh, game today a lot. Maybe if we took some kind of things that we can do better, that maybe for the next game will be easier for us also in defensive and offensive. But in the end, uh, the finish is the most important. Of course, like uh, now we are met, uh, but uh, yeah, we have to think in positive. We have to work hard and trying to play better, better football. Uh, just a reminder, ESPN FC will be live with you at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN+. Plus. More reaction to our Clasico, plus Harry Kane with a hat-trick today as Barcelona. Is it 8-0? That's right. 1-8-0 plus. Uh, we'll be talking Premier League as well. It was the perfect start for Xavi and Gundogan at the Montjuic. But in the end, the quality from Jude Bellingham proved to be the difference once again as the Englishman's start in a Real Madrid shirt is beyond fairy tale. His two goals see Real Madrid beat Barcelona by two goals to one. Real Madrid, top of the table, four clear of Barcelona. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 